and um, uh, so yeah, uh, it's sort of apps really in one way or another uh, with everything that's going on. All these convergences everybody's witnessing. Uh, most are unconscious and still carry on shopping, but thankfully we've got somebody that's awake with us, really, truly, and deeply, uh, and madly, as they say. And uh, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Mr. David Stone. Thank you very much. Good to be here, Steve. <laughs> Hello. Um, good to see you. And uh, of course, this subject we've got is of the uh, uh, of awakening from a, a personal level, uh, as well as, of course, we have this 100th uh, monkey syndrome sort of collectiveness mm. that, that sort of sparks off everywhere around the world. So when where one person's thinking one thing, somebody else might be thinking the same thing somewhere else. Indeed. You know, yeah, so there's a bit of a link. Um, so. Give, it, give us um, an, an understanding of where you're coming from with this uh, awakening. Yeah. Where we, so, so I've been in an unconscious world, I've uh, lost my job, <coughs> I've lost my girlfriend, I've uh, gone on to the next pattern of stuff, I've got, and then, I, then somebody else, something else happens and it seems to be this looping cycle. Mm. And then all of a sudden, something goes click. Mm. Go, Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. What's going on here? You know, you suddenly Boom. start. Yes, yeah. it's that moment. It's that. Yeah. I would almost call it that eureka moment. Okay. You know, think of um, that that energetic where you leave the present moment, and you have a realization of seeing perhaps the design behind the patterns of who you are. So someone like Einstein was very much able to do that and created the theory of relativity. He could do. He he created the whole field of quantum physics. And before that, it was Newtonian. So he had this ability to see beyond the chaos of the everyday mundane and then break the pattern. And that's what you read, you know, when, when who was it who said Eureka, the, um, the Greek? Um, oh, yeah, it was, um, uh, what's his name? Was it Pythagoras? Or? <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. It. Anyway, I, I should have it. researched that. But, right. but what I'm saying is, and so I had a Eureka moment about actually how to talk about this. So my cats tore up my original script and I was like just witnessing them doing it and I allowed like you said the chaos like you mentioned you've had some difficulties and then there's that moment that shows shows you the design behind your difficulties and in essence that's what awakening oh. Archimedes there we go that's the man who said Eureka <laughs> thank you David he's just flashed that up through the window it's a good moment <laughs> um, so when we have those moments where we see beyond the design I had one today and it was the cats tearing up my script and then it was being in the bath and having one of those falling off the curb moments. And when you fall off the curb and you're just about to go into the dream state and you wake out of it, you're in that liminal state between the kind of design of your consciousness and then the freedom of being awake. And that's where it's a great place to be creative from. But it's also like a mini kind of a mini burst of awakening where you can see through your patterns. And that's what a lot of people are seeking to, to kind of bring that into themselves in a kind of enduring, permanent way. So, in a sense, and I'm just <coughs> going to put the cat amongst the pigeons here, in a sense, <laughs> it's sort of, a, it's a mini breakdown because you're, yes. you, there's a realisation in the self and in the soul and in the psyche that something hasn't been right with the self Correct. and then there has to be this corrective measure. So as a construct, as a, as a way of thinking, it's like, oh dear. You know that this, this goes on, and you take yourself to the deepest possible place before you start to go. Right, I've, I've got no chance. There's no ending to this. There's like no. There's a wall, and then all of a sudden, you, yeah. you, you get a possibility of just going bang straight through. Absolutely, you've absolutely nailed it there. It's brilliant. So if you look at people who go psychotic, um, or 
perhaps have a complete kundalini awakening they strip all the layers of their patterns of of assumption of who they are all in one go and they end up in the perhaps uh, being committed for six months or a year and sometimes not coming out because they can't retrieve a kind of a holistic sense of self that is aligned to the greater whole of humanity the, the greater soul of who they are when they've stripped all the little selves away so when you strip all the little selves back you can then come into union with all that is with creator with god the godhead and that's ultimately what a lot of people are seeking to do they're seeking to get beyond these patterns that limit them and cause their suffering and awaken into the enduring peace and bliss and that's the that's the kind of myth as well as the you know there's a lot of myth to that there's a lot of ways that that can distort you and trick you into being on forever on the spiritual hamster wheel and yet it's a double-edged sword because like you say that there are those moments where you just trip out of the usual me the way of being me and the filters and the perceptions that create you and then you start to come into this deeper relaxation this deeper presence um, everything smells richer when you look around the, the colors are more uh, vital and it's like having those moments and it could just be one millisecond boom and everything changes and sometimes the catalyst for that is personal suffering difficulties disasters chaos death of a loved one disease um, terminal uh, condition and that can precipitate the kind of the peeling back of the layers of the onion of all these aspects of self that have become an encumbrance to be just being here as pr as the presence of your soul as a, you know as the essence of who you are yeah and i think also there's a perception there's the perception of the self but there's the perceptions that others perceive you as because yes. of your uh, relationships with those particular people on a one-to-one -one basis so you know you might be uh, you might like this person over here and you have this wonderful openness and yes. energetically because you're in your natural state and you feel quite confident but over this side, there could be somebody else that's, uh, let's say, uh, a little bit pernicious and it's not in your makeup to like them so much because yes. they're, they're a little bit underhanded. So you tend to then pull away and not actually um, uh, have the same you have the same dynamic with the person that you've just been very open right. with. So, so their, their perception of you is a different perception of what this person has. So you're right. suddenly wearing different hats and different personalities. Yes, yeah, so you're, you're, you're basically um, a result of... Uh, an accumulation of perceptions and patterns so you're not being true to the enduring presence that you are so someone like Eckhart Tolle who lived in Glastonbury and had his awakening his full embraced awakening here actually left the area to write The Power of Now he went to Canada and I wrote, didn't know that. And wrote yeah. that but I, yeah. I would imagine and look at Jesus yeah. he, he wasn't recognized in his hometown so the people's perception of who you were before those moments where you actually made that transition and that breakout of those parts of you that cast you a certain, a certain light to a certain perspective and a certain pattern of communication and relationship. When that breaks down, people who own the other side of that relationship want to keep you and maintain you in yeah. that perspective. And therefore, it's very hard if you've had that awakening, as perhaps a lot of people, you know, some of the people listening and many people are having this right now, um, we want to move on and we want to break patterns. So this is the non-romantic aspect of awakening that you can't truly have an enduring awakening if you're not releasing the old patterns yeah, yeah. and the old selves. And you're kind of taking actions that reintegrate the old self back to you after you've had an awakening. 
And that in itself can cause even more suffering than what was causing you to suffer before your awakening. <laughs> so there's an irony. So while we're on that to- topic, um, one of the really interesting things about uh, quantum, the quantum research I've been doing, I, I mean, I interviewed 50 people on their awakening processes last year, and I did 12 in-depth interviews in a kind of series of people who'd kind of embodied it and created like enduring awakened presence. And so it was really fascinating sort of research to do, and I've put that as a series on my website. And one of the things that came, became very clear and obvious is that the physical body really is just um, isn't physical. It's actually frequencies that appear physical. So that's why when someone awakens, maybe a disease might drop away from them or a personality aspect might drop away. So it can be very radical. Uh, people can shift very radically in their appearance because the physical sleeve of existence isn't so physical as we perceive it to be. And then, so a lot of, as people step out of this physical sleeve and they start to sense there's more out there in the liminal, a bit like, you know, falling off the curb when you're about to go to sleep and your sense is like a liminal place. They tune in that there's other presences out there, like there's the Christ conscious, there's Mary Magdalene, there's all these beautiful energies. And then people naturally want to kind of bring those energies into themselves. And again, to me, this is kind of another trap of awakening to want to bring like, another soul's light into you and claim that as your own rather than learning to find your own soul light the the, sort of light of you and then awaken to that which was to me what the whole journey of the buddha was about it was about not putting any other being above yourself and learning to connect with your higher self so why is it that in this sort of um awakening journey so many people get kind of stuck in this area of trying to fully awaken and what what is it to awaken in your body and have that enduring experience so that you move out of the suffering and you kind of go into nirvana which is what the buddha and what i'm what i'm sort of seeing from my research is that the soul that incarnates into you is actually like imprinted with a lot of karmic ancestral and early life programming so it brings through the suffering. So that's why people don't want to kind of connect with that once they're awakening. They want to connect with something higher, more exalted, and miss out their own journey of perhaps purifying that aspect of themselves. No going without pain. So once you see that perhaps your soul isn't perhaps as exalted as you feel it is, although it still is an exalted experience to connect with your soul, but it still contains all the patterns that bring you back to the same karmic lessons every time you incarnate. But what happens if there was like a higher source? So if the soul was more the projector and then the, the human being was more the hologram or the, the screen of, of the video or the movie, and then above the projector was the actual code or the film itself. And that's, to me, that's the third aspect, which is the higher self. And that's pure. So if you can then access the higher self, that's actually your actual blueprint then what that starts to do, it starts to filter down a cleanse through your soul and then into the human body. And this is what's going on in the world. People who are at the forefront of awakening are noticing that a lot of people incarnate and then they try and connect with their higher selves. And, it, and as they get become more spiritual, more awakened, they start to bring in the distortions of their soul, of, of their ancestors. And so it becomes a very turgid journey. Do you think um, 
what happens is we, we try to uh, assimilate our reality mm. to everybody's false realities, if you like, into like the world of fear, for mm. instance. And when we attach the emotional body into that fear zone, mm. we take up the reality of what we've been given, of what's been projected, which isn't real. You know, as they say, fear is the false evaluation about reality. And um, so we have, you know, like the, all the gaslighting techniques from the media, mm. from the government and everything else, put us into these places where we think it's real. When in actual fact, it isn't real and you don't have to do these things and everything will be okay. And actually, these are the people you don't need. And they're telling you that, you know, they're, they're trying to uh, sort of entrench themselves into your psyche, yes. thinking that they are a necessity of life. <coughs> You know in every way shape or form in the construct of what we live in and I don't see that at all I think we go above that and holistically we can see the duality of life which is why you do this beautiful show Steve because you see beyond the the mass programming of, yeah. of socialization the social media media and so what we're seeing is we're seeing fear is a frequency that, that yeah. runs a lot of humanity on, on an unconscious level and there are higher frequencies but it's how we anchor our higher frequencies in so effort, effortlessly broadcasts through us and that's really ultimately this what I'm talking about above the soul is the higher self the blueprint once we access the blueprint and then we begin to embody that in a relaxed way our presence as much as anything we say starts to emit and broadcast the higher vibrations that humanity are hungry for so do you think, when we say we come from the heart, mm. and we emit these frequencies from the heart, we're heart-centred, does this automatically bring up the frequencies aligned in the pineal gland and the pituitary gland and give off um, some sort of uh, neural... I don't know, I don't know how this works, so whoever's listening, if you're technically brilliant, yeah. I'm sorry for the way I'm going on here, sounds a bit woo-woo, I don't know, but uh, uh, you know that it goes into the, it goes into the pineal gland and... Uh, through childhood, we get we get bombarded with vaccinations, sugar, you know, high levels of sugar, salt, and everything else, which seems to calcify that, yeah. which is our intuitiveness in many ways. And yes. I'm just wondering whether this is the gateway to yeah. that higher, higher I think, frequencies. I think that I think it is, and I totally agree. The pineal gland does activate, and you know, it's the shape of the eye of Horus. When you know they do the research, and that the pineal gland is the same shape as as you know these ancient symbologies and it is the uh, a way that we open up but just having an activated pineal um, or third eye doesn't isn't commensurate with awakening you might be a seer but you might not be awakened well I'm gonna say on that note a yes. big big thank you um, it time goes so quick and we, we could talk all afternoon to be honest with you uh, all night I should say um, there's an opportunity to come back afterwards if you want to, for the mixed cloud special and, um, and we can carry on with, Brilliant. with a bit more talk. And can I just say to the listeners, if you go to www.embodiedsoulawakening, and if you look at the Mastery series on my website, there's 12 interviews with people who are currently working that I've done in fields of healing, in fields of life, supporting others who have had awakening experiences and bringing that presence through in their work and their services. So it's just a great resource of like, you know, different people from around the world. Brilliant. Yeah. Big, big thank you, David. It's always a great, great thank pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, uh, and I'll see you the next time we'll get you in. Lovely. Right. Thank right. you, Steve. Thank you.